Time now to talk Utah football with Frank Dolce. Frank, joining us on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. So Frank, Happy Monday. Frank, yeah. I'm curious how you handled your Saturday. Did you go to the Idaho State game? Did you sit at home and like occasionally watch a play or two from the Ute game, but really you were scouting USC and BYU and that was a competitive game? How'd you handle that? <laughs> no, no. You know where my loyalties lie. And besides, I have duties, pre- and post-game duties, on your very station for Utah football. So I'm completely engaged in that football game. It was more like I was totally engaged in Utah's football game and checking in on what was happening with our Pac-12 rival and our other rival, non-Pac-12 rival. So now that we're done with the three non-conference games, as I evaluate the Utes, I really know nothing more or nothing less than I knew three weeks ago. <laughs> How would you respond I to don't that? Di- yeah, I don't disagree. I uh, I think that Utah kind of did all the things they were supposed to do with the three non-conference games. And I think they, you know, they made, they took steps forward. They made a progression with the, with the football team. And, and so all of those things were positive. They came out relatively injury-free and, and things like in those games, you know, no no turnovers from the quarterback position, no turnovers, no sacks, all of, you know, pretty good third down percentage. Not in the first game, but they kind of turned that around the next two. Um, really good at the defensive line and time stifling on the defensive side of the ball. So I think they answered. You know the que- some of the questions that we may have had, but now it now you want to see if those things translate against bigger and better competition. Uh, and the thing that's scary about USC is, although I don't, I'm not sure that they you know b- b- credit BYU and the and the game plan. I, I really think that BYU just outcoached USC. To be honest, I don't think the athleticism was 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 as much a factor as it could have been. I think BYU just outcoached them. But but the, the, the issue with USC, the scary thing about USC is we've seen those guys when they're really good, uh, when they're running around the field and they look, they make another team look like they're still in high school and athleticism can kind of peek up, poke its head out any time. So um, this is going to be the first real big test for Utah. And I think like you are saying – this is we'll have a much better evaluation, much better tool to evaluate Utah football after this this Friday evening at USC. So when you say they outcoached them, was it uh, are you primarily looking at the way they defended the passing game, dropping eight, making a making a freshman make decisions, and he made a few mistakes, or there's other stuff you're looking at? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're dropping eight people. Some somebody in the box has to see that. Somebody in, in the in the in USC's on USC's coaching staff has to be able to look down from the press box and say, "Hey, hey, they're, look, they're, they have three guys at the line of scrimmage. We're going to have to make them put more people at the line of scrimmage if we want our passing game to open up because we have freshman quarterback, 
and we don't want to put him in a position like this. As as much as I thought that Helton and his coaching staff had the freshmen ready to play mentally, and we talked about this last week against Stanford, and the way that he played against Stanford. Now, Stanford, by the way, might not be all that we thought they were, but but he that kid Slovis looked like he was – he was ready to take on a Pac-12 schedule when he played Stanford. He did not look the same against BYU. He looked rattled at times. He looked uncertain at times. And he's a true freshman. So, you know, all of those factors apply. But, but BYU just put him in positions to make mistakes, and he didn't get any help from his coaching staff, for heaven's sake. I mean, that's a, they're just, BYU's just daring USC to run the ball downhill, and USC has, has the guys. And then they just – it's, it's – it felt like they didn't do it, and then they did, and then they did start running the ball, and then they didn't do it again. I mean, I I just thought that the, congratulations to Kalani Sataki for putting together and executing a really good, well, uh, well, well thought out game plan. So then, based on all that you just said and the fact of what we saw on Saturday, I can't help but think that I don't think this game is as tough for the Utes as I thought it was going to be. I know. I know, but I'm not going to say that. I hate to say stuff like that. I, that was my thought, exactly my thought after the game, USC-BYU, and I just thought, well, you know, here, here we go. Utah should. But then as soon as you say stuff like that, PK, you know. Remember when Utah should have beaten Colorado the first year to win the conference champion or the division? Yep, I remember it very well. Title. <laughs> yes. Remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. They didn't win that game. They did not. They did not win that game. So I, I just feel like, especially with the USC team that is now, I think the USC team goes two different ways at this point. Either this USC team rallies around a, a head coach that's very likely now to be fired, or throw in the t- first sign of adversity, they throw in the towel. All I know is there's a lot of athleticism on that football team. And if they, if they feel like they're backed into a corner or they're going to be at home, there's certainly some pride there with USC, then you just have – that's a, you know, the, the wounded animal. Just watch out because I feel like those guys are going to be ready to play. And athletically, they're as good as anybody in the conference, which is another interesting thing about this conference. I, I walked out of this weekend thinking, what in the world is going on with the Pac-12? And then I read an article that some guy wrote that said – you know, is the Pac-12 back? They have six teams in the top top 25 or something. I just, I, I'm on the opposite side. I feel like the Pac-12 needs to have a juggernaut, and there, there isn't. As I look across the Pac-12, there's no unbeatable team in the, the Pac-12. There's not an Alabama. There's not a Clemson. There's not, there's not an Ohio State. There's not a team like that in the Pac-12 that you say, no, this is the team that. Everybody is gunning for. Everybody in the Pac-12 is beatable. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I'm curious what you think of, you know, Kyle Whittingham, knowing him, doing, you know, having done radio and been around him for a long, long time. Is he going to look at that tape of the BYU game and think, we're going to do that. Until USC solves it, we're doing that. Or is he going to say, we're going to be who we are. We like to play man, so we're going to play some man. We like to rush four. We're not going to rush three because I don't want to take one of my really good defensive linemen off the field. How's he going to handle this? I think that he'll handle it more in a – this is something we can add to our arsenal. 
Okay, this is the way that that BYU defended USC that was very effective. Okay, let's put let's add that piece. Let's keep what we do really well and then in certain situations where it makes sense, let's add that piece where we can maybe drop an extra guy and and confuse the quarterback a little bit. And to be honest, I don't think that Utah would take a defensive lineman off the field and, and put in another linebacker or a defensive back. They'll just drop a defensive lineman into coverage. Take one of their defensive ends, one of those front four guys, and all of a sudden you're going to see that guy dropping into coverage. That would be my guess. And we've seen Utah do things like that in the past, especially when they had a guy like Trevor Riley running around you know on the defensive end he could kind of drop back and play that position a little bit so i don't think they change anything utah doesn't change anything they do on the defensive side i think they'll be a little more cautious about running man-to-man against a very talented usc receiving core but it's just another now you just take it you just add another piece to the arsenal and, and you say okay this is something we can also do to uh, eliminate or or limit what could be a very productive offensive football team. How much do you factor in the desperation factor? Because it's clear now if the Trojans lose this game, then Clay Hilton is in a world of trouble if he's not already in trouble. So when you go on the desperation meter, that number or arrow is certainly way more desperate for SC than it is Utah. It will be interesting to see how Clay Helton manages this. One of the great things about Kyle Whittingham is in any type of situation, up, down, middle of the road, whatever it is, he is as steady as they come. Like, it doesn't, nothing changes. His attitude doesn't change. The way that he prepares his team doesn't change. The mentality doesn't change. It's, it, it's really comforting for a football player and for a team to know exactly what's going to happen on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday, you know, up or down, win or lose, you know what you're going to get. It's that I've always said that his team always takes on his persona and it's that kind of, you know, blue collar, pack your lunch pail. It'll be interesting to see how Clay Helton manages this because certainly the team hears about it and knows about it. And that has to affect them. And that's what I mean is it, it does this, does this, make the team rally around the coach or does the team kind of run for cover at the first sign of adversity this this weekend on Friday night and and it's all going to be dependent on how Helton manages it he seems based on his the stuff that he said in the post game um, it feels to me like He's feeling the pressure a little bit, and and why why not? Why why wouldn't he? I mean, it's all over the place, and that stuff could could trickle down to the team, and then the team reacts poorly. So, uh, I I hope for because you know he's such a good guy. Clay Clay Helton's like a really good guy. He hasn't been able to get his the talent at USC to reach the highest of the heights, and and there's high expectations there. I hope he comes out well on this, but. It, it at this point, um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it. I think he's going to have to make kind of a miraculous run uh, from this point on. You know, we talk about quarterbacks a lot because, well, why not? They're quarterbacks, and that's how football works. But look at <laughs> USC's defense. It's a three game sample now against you know, and they haven't padded it by playing you know big sky teams playing down a level. 
they're giving up on average about 410 yards and 24, 25 points a game. Do you think the Utes of what you've seen over these three weeks are average offensively, and that's probably what they're going to do in this game? Do you expect a little more out of them? I don't think you'd expect a little less, but we'll throw it out there. What do you think they're going to do versus this USC defense? I, I feel like we haven't seen Utah really open up their offense. I think they tried a few more things in the past game just to work on them against Idaho State, but I still feel like Coach Ludwig has not quite opened up the playbook. So the foundation of the team will, will stay the same, and USC is going to have to respond to that. I, you know, Utah's just going to make USC stop the running game. And then if USC is able to do that, then you have to think, think about some other, you know, we're going to do this with Tyler Huntley. We're going to, you know, maybe we're going to use our quarterback as more of a running threat and, and we're going to institute a little bit more of the, of the run, run pass option game. And maybe we're going to utilize the run, you know, utilize some different players in the run game to, to stretch out the defense. But, but the foundation of Utah's offense isn't going to change. I mean, it's, it's the consistency of, of Kyle Whittingham. So he's going to look at what USC does and he's going to say, okay, this is what we do really well. You come up and stop us. And if you stop us, then we're going to, you know, we'll respond to that. And, and along with that, I'm interested to see how coach Ludwig, Ludwig manages the game because I, like I said, I feel like he still has a few things that he hasn't quite opened up in the playbook. And now that you get into conference play and now that you get into games where, you know, (laughs) It's, it's not a must-win game, but it's a game that you probably kind of have to win for, for Utah at this point in the schedule, even though it's the first conference game. I, I think that the offense could open up a little bit. He's Frank Dolce. He joins us every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Frank, thanks for a few minutes, and uh, <laughs> good luck Friday night. I know – I. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, we'll see how it goes. I feel a little bit anxious about this game. I mean, I, does it feel to you guys like this is a game that Utah should go in and win, but there's still a little question in the back of your mind? Yeah, that's fair. I don't feel like it's a total lock. I mean, you go in there, no, you, turn the ball, you turn the ball over a couple times and give them a lead, and you're going to be in trouble. So it's, yeah. it's not a lock. But I do yeah. feel like they had a win. I, I feel the same way, but, man, it's, it still makes me a little nervous. Anyway, it should be fun. Exciting to get into conference play. It's always great to talk with you guys.